is the Big Church Podcast. How's everybody doing this morning? How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. It's good. Have you ever had someone sitting on the other side of you looking at you like, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about right now. It's kind of what he looked like. But good morning to each one of y'all that are here this morning and good morning to online out there. We are so glad to see you and have you, have you with us today. And, and we're starting a new, we're excited about starting a new sermon series called Asking for a Friend. And when you get into that, we've come up with a lot of good questions that people have, that might want to ask, but they're kind of too afraid to ask. But have you ever been around, how many of y'all got kids in the house this morning? How many of y'all had kids in the house? <laughs> Not in the house, but you know what I mean. Had kids. Did, you remember when your kids had all the questions in the world, right? Daddy, why is this? And mommy, why is that? And you're trying to send them to the other person to answer the question. And if you answer the one question, they usually had two or three more. Why? Or some that kind of whiny why. You know what I'm talking about? But the, the questions, they come. And you have your wife or, your, or women like to ask questions, right? And us guys, what do we do? We give them the probably three or four word answer, right? Thinking that would suffice. But but they usually always have another question, right? Come on, can I get an amen out there, guys? And then you have those people like Carolina. So Carolina, well, she, she, she's one of those people, she said, Pastor Reach. That one's pretty good. I don't know if I got it right or not. But you'll be like in a dead walk, and she'll come around the corner and say, Pastor Reach, listen, listen to me. That was my best, I love Lucy there, too. Pastor Reach, what is the most inspiring moment of your life? And she's standing there waiting for the answer. And I'm like, Carolina, I mean, can I think about this? I probably had maybe one or two or two of those. Now that her and Tyler are dating, it's official. They're dating. They're really dating this way. And he's a lot like her. So I don't know what their kids are going to be like if they decide to get married. Million questions. Here we go. And I'm not prophesying that too early. You got to get married first. Here we go. Here we go. Well, when someone asks this, this phrase, um, when they use this phrase, they're usually claiming to asking for a friend, but they're actually wanting to know the answer for themselves. So listen to these questions right here and see where you can find out where they came from. How many hours do you have to be awake before you can take a nap? I'm just asking for a friend. You hush up up here now. Listen, everybody knows that goes to this church knows I like to take a nap and I try to find one any particular place I can find one during the day if it's possible. But I'm just asking for a friend, how many hours do you have to be up? Does a dog actually respond better when you use that weird voice? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll be talking to some of y'all's kids in here this morning and be like, oh, he knew she's so pretty good. Did she do a poo-poo? You need to change your diaper. Come on, anybody want to go outside? Anytime you say anything like that to our dog, does anybody want to do... Oh, man, their ears perk up because they know they're going to get something, right? Here's another one. Is it still okay to say cool beans? Okay, I got a bunch of yes. My wife says no way, and, and I still say cool beans sometimes, so I guess that's maybe a little outdated, but I'm probably going to say it anyway, so here we go. That's a rebellious spirit coming out of me. Here we go. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be answering some questions. And some of you might want the answer to this question, but maybe you're just afraid to ask. So today, the title of my message is today. The question I'm going to ask is this. Do you really have to go to church to be a Christian? Oh, I'm about to get deep here in just a few minutes. I made you laugh a little bit, and I'm going to step on your toes here in just a few minutes. But is it really, really that important to go to church? Well, I'm just asking for a friend 
COVID-19 has brought some challenges upon us. And, and, and listen, I understand there are people that can't make it out to the house. And if you're watching online, I understand that from health, uh, things that are going on right now, that it may be not physically possible for you to be in the house. But I'm going to encourage you to not wait. I'm going to encourage you to watch and be faithful online and be praying for those of us who are in the house today. I'm going to encourage you not to watch it later or forget about it later. Here we go. I understand that there are risks and people can only watch it online, but I'm asking you to be faithful. Me growing up in church, and the reason I say this is I grew up old school church of God. Can I get anybody old church of God? Come on, I got a few up in the house here. I went to church on Sunday morning. Went to church on Sunday night. Went to church on Tuesday when they had prayer meeting. Then we had Wednesday midweek service. And then somewhere around Friday, they had a youth service. And sometimes they called, unfortunately, a prayer meeting on Saturday night. And listen, we have people nowadays that cannot, oh, help me, Jesus. They can't even find a way to get to church one time a week. Listen, do I think that that was a little much when I was younger? Probably so. But let me tell you what it did. It established a firm foundation for me to grow on. You know, right now, I know it's probably not possible to go to church that many days a week. But I'm telling you on that, when we call the gathering together, you should be faithful to be in the gathering. Here we go. Let's look at some stats. 35 to 4,000 churches are going to close this year. When we talk about Christian church attendance, listen to me, 1937 to 1970, over 76% of, of Christians went to church. From 1970 to 1999, 68% of them went to church. Listen, 1999 to the present, under 50% of the people go to church who are calling themselves professed Christians. Staggering, isn't it? Less than one in four, 23% regularly go to church. 57% of Christians say they have no church home. And 3,000 people are leaving the church daily. Why are they leaving? I'm going to tell you. Glad you asked because you're about to get it. Here we go. I got my hand held today, so I'm feeling kind of spiritual. That one on your head, sometimes you forget about having it. But I got my hand held. We're going, I got my towel. It's a little big, but we're about to get on. Here we go. The reason they're leaving is because it's a decline and instability in the church. Because we have so many bad examples out there of what a Christian is supposed to look like. We got people out there that are professing Christ and they're hateful and they're nasty and they're judgmental and they're fake. And you know, why would you even want what we have to offer? I'm asking you this in the, in the, maybe in the business field, but is your product appealing to the public? If your product is not appealing to the public, you're not going to be able to sell Jesus Christ to anyone. Oh, help me out, Lord. Another reason they're leaving is doctrine and teaching. Acts 2.42 says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which means teaching, and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. We, the reason they're leaving us is because it, we're, there's eroding Bible values. The truth can no longer be the truth. People say, Pastor, you have to watch, oh, help me, Jesus. You have to watch what you say at second service because we're going live. We got to get to a place where we're not afraid to speak the truth because the truth will set you free. 
You can't be afraid to preach and teach the truth. God's truth is not always popular. It's not always easy. The Bible says that Jesus said this gospel will be offensive to many. We live in a very offended world right now, don't we? Oh, help me out. I can't, I'm not going there today. Let me tell you something. The truth is not hate. The truth is love. The truth, the word says, will set you free. It will make you free. If you have someone telling you what you want to hear all the time, you're never going to be able to go anywhere you need to go. And so many times we're afraid to talk to people and tell them about the journey they need to be on because we're afraid to offend them. We're afraid. Listen, if you want to be free, you might have to hear something you might not like hearing every once in a while. Never in a time. No, hold on, let me go on. Here we go. Lack of unity is another thing, the reason why they're running away from the church. Do we even like each other? This is hard. But do we even like each other? We have to ask that question of what we look like and what we act like out there. Never has there been a time in history when we must be stronger and more alive than the time that we're living in right now. The church has lost its pulse, but I got news for you. God's about to take the Holy Spirit shock pedals. He's about to revive us. He's about to bring us up out of the death that we've been in. We've been laying around, nor just complacent and just, oh, help me. I don't know what I'm about to say. Sometimes I get wound up. He's about to shock us. He's about to say, come on, it's about to wait time to wake up. We got a world out there we got we to gotta reach. It ain't about having people in the church. It's about having people in the kingdom. The church, I got a question for you. Is the church a who or is the church a what? Popular Christian catchphrase is this. You don't go to church. You are the church. I get that. In some ways, but it can be unhealthy pitting being the church and going to church against each other. The church by its very nature is this. It says where two or three or ten or twenty are gathered together in my name, there will I be also. There is something about gathering in the house that changes a lot of things. Why do we need to go to church? Glad you ask. Number one is this. It's very simple. God said so. Sometimes you don't need another answer besides that. If you knew my mother, she passed away a few years ago, but she, if she said so, that's what it was. Don't ask. We weren't allowed to be whiny, you little kids. Why this and why that? She'd say, you know why? Because I said so. And most of the time, it was usually stopped right there. But we got to a point where right now we don't understand and we don't go the way that we should go because we don't understand that God says so. Listen to Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Say together. As some, that was bad. Say together. together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now. Do you think we don't live in an especially now time? Oh my God, if this, this march to right now is not an especially now time, I don't know what is. Especially now that you see the day of his return drawing near. Listen to me. The Bible talks about togetherness and it says, you've been, I put you together. I've joined you together. You're members together. You're heirs together. You're fitted together. You're held together. And you're going to be caught up together. 
Don't you think that word means something? At least 50 times in the New Testament, he says togetherness. And I said New Testament. The Bible even goes as far as to call the church the bride of Christ. If you go to a wedding, ladies, y'all better have your makeup on. If you're going to get married, I don't know, maybe he's seen you without it. But he expects you to have your makeup on. I told that story before, uh, and I'm going to tell it again, because uh, when, we, when we were dating, uh, Mary, uh, my lovely wife was a Mary Kay a salesperson, and she said, the boy said, listen, you've not ever seen mom without her makeup on. <laughs> kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, what the heck, am, what am I going to do? But I showed up one night, and she didn't have any makeup. I was like, eh, she looked pretty good still. That's all right. But you don't show up to a wedding without your makeup on. You don't show up to wear without wearing the right dress or having flowers or making it be a special occasion. If the church is considered the bride of Christ and it's important to him, it should be important to us. Number two. I actually had points today. Praise the Lord. Why do we need to go to church? Number two. We need Christian community or a church family. Why? Because coming together is a powerful witness. It, it, it brings all races together. It brings all backgrounds together. It brings all social statuses together. It is a melting pot. That's what this country was, was founded on, a melting pot. And that's what the church is. Here's what it also does. It keeps us from being self-centered. We live in a very selfish world right now. The church is a classroom on how to get along. Chris Rock says, can't we all just get along? Come on. He teaches us how to be in contact with imperfect and ordinary and simple people. We learn fellowship by being the disciples were not perfect. He grabbed them out of the fisheries. He grabbed them off the tax collectors. He grabbed them. They were not perfect men. But listen, it can be messy when we step into each other's lives. We are all human and no one is perfect. Listen, look at the person next to you and see if they're perfect. I'm glad I'm not sitting down there because my wife is perfect. We live, you're surrounded by a bunch of imperfect people today. And I praise God for that. Because if we were all the same, if everything, if everybody had everything together, how could we ever grow in that? But I'm telling you today, God is, loves imperfect, imper, imperfection. But here's what it does. No, we're all human and no one's perfect. It requires effort. Listen to this. Intentionality and grace from God to do life together. I'm going to probably let you down at one time in your life. If you've ever been let down, I got news for you, snowflake. You're probably going to be let down again. Oh, help me, Lord. Come on, no, no, we gotta go here. We are teaching a culture of young people right now that life is, that they're, oh wow, I don't, this ain't even in my notes. Where am I going? Here we go. We're teaching a culture of, of young people out there right now that they're snowflakes and that life is just gonna be this and if you don't achieve, no, you still gotta work. You still gotta have a J-O-B. You still have to do the things that, Oh, help me get back to my iPad here before I get in trouble. Parents are going, yes, preacher, go on, do it again. <laughs> but listen to this. It requires effort, intentionality, and grace to do life with people. Write this one down. 
God has called us to love real people, not ideal people. I'm going to go to that church when everybody gets it together. Well, you'll be the only one who, did, who don't have it all together. You're going to add to the imperfection when you come in here because you are not perfect. But gathering regularly with other believers becomes a refining process. It can teach us to be more caring. It can teach us to be more patient. God help us with patience. We need that one. We can learn from each other too. Why do we need to go to church? Number three, it gives identity. It makes you turn into a genuine, true believer. Because why? You commit to the house of God. I've talked to people, honestly. I've talked to people. I've been a Christian my whole life. Are, do you attend church anymore? No, I kind of got out of church about five or ten years ago. I'm like, okay. Um, you haven't found a, another church in five? No, I've been looking. Uh, where have you been looking? I mean, that's five or ten years ago you've been out of church. But it gives you an identity. The disciples followed when Jesus said go. It means they were committed. They gave up their livelihoods. They gave up the thing that they knew. They gave up their lives to follow this man. And many of them gave their lives for this man. If the, is the word Christian just a word? Or does it identify who you are? We can throw it out there. Everybody's a Christian in one way or the other. But unless your actions... Follow the way that you live. It's just a word. I'm going on. Are we church members? Or are we members of a body? Do you want to be a spectator? Or do you want to be a participator? So many people come in and they want to spectate and sit on the sidelines. I got news for you. God has called you and you're about time to get into the game. You've been sitting on the sidelines watching everyone else play the game. And God said, no, I got, come on in. I Come on in here right now. Get out on that 40-yard line. You're about to tackle somebody. Are you punching the clock? Is this your duty? This is hard. I'm sweating hard up here. I need a smaller towel. Is it your duty or is this what you love? I love coming to church every Sunday. I love the not forsaking the gathering. I love coming to prayer uh, Wednesday night at 6.30 and you want to see things change in your life. I love that stuff. Ephesians 4.16 says this. For whom the whole body joined and knit together, that's all of us, by what, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does his share. When we do our share, it causes the growth of the body. When you come in here with a bad attitude, you could cause the body not to grow. Because when you're having a bad week, the church needs you. But when you're having a good work, we need you. That didn't come out right, did it? That was wrong. When you are having a bad week, you need the church. Sorry, I get wound up sometimes. And when you're having a good week, we need to hear about your good week too. Because you've got your brothers and sisters sitting next to you who might be having a terrible week. They need to hear that there is joy on the other side of their sorrow. Here we go. Sometimes I just got to calm myself down just a little bit. Why do we need to go to church? Number four. Because it keeps you rooted and planted. Psalms 92, 13 says this. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, say flourish, in the courts of God. 
They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and they shall be flourishing. You have to stay planted in the house of God. Everyone's always trying to find a way to move up. They're always trying to find a way, a way to move out. And the next best thing, can I tell you what? The next best thing is not always the next best thing. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine just the other day, and he said, when you look out, and sometimes people look at other ministries, and, oh, man, I want to do that. They see, he says, they see the shiny car. But when you open up the hood, it all looks the same. They might need a couple of spark plugs, and maybe they're out of time, or there's something wrong under there, but all you see sometimes is just the shiny part of it. Because let me tell you something. If you're looking for a perfect church, this ain't it. If you're looking for perfect pastors, we ain't them. I can't even talk English. We're not that. But we are a loving, real, uh, real body of Christ who wants to help you get through the real things of your life. I'm telling you this right now, all of you guys. Stay planted. Stay planted. Stay planted. Be obedient to where God has placed you. So many times we're just running to and fro and, and we're trying to figure out this. You will find out that the church down the street has some of the same problems we do. I'm going on. Here we go. Why do we need to go to church? Number five, we grow more together than alone. Small groups and crews are essential. It can be messy when we step into each other's lives, but you need to go out here after church and get signed up for a small group because you know why? It's how you're going to grow because you can't just get fed on Sunday. You don't just eat on Sunday. I eat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes too much. You get fed on Sunday, but you also got to feed yourself. I have, oh, no, no. We have so many people, I'm just not being fed. I'm not just being fed. What are you doing Monday through Saturday? Maybe this is just a nugget that you need on Sunday, but you need the whole extra value meal all during the week. Come on. You can, it was my McDonald's uh, promotion there. Here we go. Small groups are essential. All of us long for community and connection with each other. God has given us this gift of gathering in church and in small groups. You know why? Because it fulfills something inside of us to do life with someone else. It fulfills something else so we can encourage each other. And listen, we can be authentically involved in, in each other's lives. To help and to pray for each other. <sighs> Maybe people have let you down. I got news for you. It's going to happen again. Maybe people maybe around you, maybe even close people have let you down. Maybe you felt stabbed in the back. I will tell you this. I don't diminish that at all, but I want to let you know we live in a very imperfect world right now. Maybe church has let you down. Maybe you feel judged or maybe you feel like you just didn't fit in. Maybe they've treated you bad. And those are legitimate things because that's also happened to me. But are there any perfect churches out there? No, there's not. And if you're looking one, you probably won't be able to find it. Listen, all I say is you've all got a bad haircut before, right? Did it keep you from going to the barber again or the hairstylist again? Except for me. Every, sometimes you have bad situations and things truly happen. And I've seen some good people. I've seen some good people treat, 
treat people bad. I've seen some churches just destroy people too. And listen, I'm not, again, I'm not standing up here on my soapbox. I'm just telling you what this. We want to try to walk you through all that hurt because we've been there. <sighs> maybe the church has let you down and maybe you've just said, peace out, church. I, I'm done with this. You say, I can listen to podcasts and I can, I can watch Christian TV and I can read books and I can go to conferences. I don't really need that stuff. I don't really need church. But even though those things, and let me just tell you something, those things are very helpful. Listen to podcasts. Get all of God you can in your life. I've been listening to John Maxwell all this week. It's really helped me a lot. But even though those are helpful, it's so much more than that. It's community. It's worshiping together. It's praying together. It's hurting together. It's serving together. It's being involved with each other's lives. Can I just tell you this much right now? You here alive and you out there online, the Spirit can move anywhere. And I call the Spirit to move on you right now if you're sitting in your living room or in your bedroom and you need the Spirit of God. He can go anywhere that He wants to go and He can touch you there. But something happened here last week, second service. Let me just tell you what, the Spirit of God moved all over this place. We had people lined around the altar. And there's a story in the Bible when he said the angel came and he stirred the water only a certain time. There are times when you need to be in the house because there's a stirring that happens in the house. I don't want to see a bunch of emotional stirring. I don't want to see a bunch of fake, fake stirring. When the Holy Spirit starts moving, you're going to know it. I've had someone that come up to me and said, I've never felt that way before. I've never experienced that way. I've never cried like that. I, I said, but you know why? It wasn't because we sang the right song or we the power of the preaching was that good. It's because the Holy Spirit of God was moving in your midst. When the Spirit of God starts moving, things change. We can't make it up, shake it up, bake it up. We can't sing it up. But when he starts moving, man, get ready. Meetings are not just for the churches. It's not meetings are just not what churches do. They're what, they're what church is. God has saved individuals to make a corporate assembly. If you would stand with me, please. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever joined the church? I'm not talking about putting your name in a membership book and maybe saying or standing up in front and getting a certificate. I'm not really talking about a building and I'm not talking about a place. When I say, have you ever joined the church? I'm asking you, have you ever given your life over to Christ? Because once you give your life over to Jesus, you're a part of his church. If you want to join his church, I'm going to tell you, it's easy to get a membership. There's no real hard steps to it. But the steps that you take are your steps. They're the ones that you have to take. You have to admit and you have to confess, first of all, that you need him. We live in such a selfish world where we think we can take care of everything. We got to remember we need God every day. Then you have to admit that you have sin in your life. You have to admit that you're a sinner. Can I just free you up from something? It doesn't mean there's a difference between sin and sinning. 
Everybody's going to say something they probably shouldn't say during the week. And there's, I grew up, man, thinking I had to go to the altar every time I said a cuss word. Now I have found, <laughs> when I said that cuss word, when I shouldn't say it, I have an altar in my car. Y'all need an altar in your car? Come on, you're, this is your pastor person showing you he ain't perfect. I need, you, need, you can have an altar anywhere. You just admit. But God's talking about letting go of that sin that has kept you so bound. And all you got to do is admit your sin and ask him for forgiveness. Maybe you've walked away from God and from church. And you want to come back? Well, that's an easy one too. All it is is a matter of saying, God, I need you. I messed up. I want to come back. I believe I'm speaking to those in this room and those online right now that maybe you have felt like you've gone too far. Mm-mm. You've never gone too far for God. The Bible says, when I go to heaven, I'm with you. When you're in hell, I'm with you. Wherever you're at, I'm with you. Maybe you've walked away. I'm going to let you know that we're not just going to sing another song and end the service. This is your opportunity to become the church. And if you've already become the church, maybe it's a better opportunity to make, be the better church that we need to be. There'll be people up on the left and the right to pray with you. The altars are open. And sometimes you don't need someone to pray with you. You just need to pray. Sometimes it's just an opportunity to come and say, God, I'm stepping out. There's a freedom in stepping out into the public and making a public proclamation. So I'm asking you this morning, we're getting ready to sing this song. If you need prayer, come on, get it. If you need change, come on and get it. If you don't want to walk out of here the way that you walked in, God, Holy Spirit is saying, come and get it now. The prayer, the altar is open. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.